0: Welcome to episode two of Children of the Force. Today we're going to forego our normal format and bring you an interview instead. So, without further explanation of what you're going to listen to for me, uh, I bring you our special guest, Annie Stoll, in interview form. Have a listen. Should be good. It is good, I know, because I've already recorded it and it was awesome. And Annie's super cool and it's fun. So I'm going to stop talking so you can listen to it. Okay. Going to stop talking now. Today we welcome Annie Stoll to the podcast. Annie is the illustrator of the new book, Sabine, My Rebel Sketchbook, which was written by Dan Wallace and released by Studio Fun Books a little over a month ago, and is chock full of amazing illustrations, street art-style modifications of imperial propaganda, and phrases like, if you create, you are creative, and... Vava Womenfest. Welcome to the podcast, Annie Stoll.
1: Oh, thanks so much for having me.
0: Quick question what What does Vava Womenfest mean?
1: <laughs> uh, what do you want it to be? Um, <laughs> it's a it's a fun phrase. It's something that um, Sabine came up with, and um, you know, make it your own.
0: <laughs> it sounds it sounds vaguely German.
1: A little bit.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I like it. Okay, well, we're here with Anna and Liam also. So, Anna and Liam, uh, Annie stole, Annie stole, Anna and Liam. Say hi, Liam. Hi. Say hi. Hi,
2: Anna. Liam. And Anna? Hi. Hi, Anna.
0: So, first off, we just wanted to say how much we enjoyed reading the book and looking at all of the fantastic art. Uh, it was really amazing and it was quite the experience, I have to say. Yeah. Oh, my
1: gosh. Well, thank you so much. I'm so glad you liked it
0: yeah it was i'm so glad that you you made it or helped make it
1: yeah i know it's i'm amazed and so grateful to have been a part of this so
0: (laughs) awesome all right liam i was uh hoping that you could start off the questions with uh with the first take the take the first shot
2: what was your favorite thing to draw when you were a little kid
1: Okay, that's a really cool question. So, I think when I was little, like, really little, I liked color a lot, and then um, when I got a little bit older, I started really liking drawing, just anything I would see, like, my friends or cats, um, you know, and then, like, if I would watch TV, like, I like Sesame Street a lot, and maybe I'd draw characters from that, um, really anything that, that came to mind. I know when I was in um, kindergarten and, like, you know, first and second grade, I had, like, special art classes which were really fun and we got to learn how to draw all different kinds of things. Um, we also would do um, little paper mache projects and learn how to paint and I remember I just loved drawing everything.
0: Cool. Yeah. Liam, you have, <laughs> you have special art classes too, right? In yeah. kindergarten? Yeah.
2: Oh, cool. Yeah. That's great. Are they and, fun?
0: Uh... Yeah. yeah. I, a,
2: I had a paper play punched. Mm-hmm. There was Holes punched around the plate. Oh, wow. And I draw the lion face on it. Mm -hmm. And then in the holes, we tied strings to be the lion's mane. Oh, that's so cute. I bet you had a lot of fun with that. Mm hmm.
1: Very cool. Yeah,
0: and, and at home here, you you draw a lot of Star Wars stuff.
1: Oh yeah, definitely. <laughs>
0: <laughs> like whole scenes. I've been meaning to scan them in and put them up on the website. I'll, I'll oh, to do that's fun.
1: <laughs> well, I had a little. I have a little brother, and so we would draw together too. And like he really liked drawing Star Wars and spaceships, and so like we'd play together, we'd draw together, and. Yeah, I mean we still talk about Star Wars together, so <laughs>
2: That's awesome. exactly what me and Liam do. Oh yeah. cool. And are you older? Yeah.
1: Yeah, oh, yes. so same I thing. Say
0: Anna, Anna's yeah, Anna's eight and a half and Liam's six.
1: Yep. Oh okay, yeah, sim- actually similar ages. So my, my brother is like two and a half, three years younger than me.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> there you go.
0: Yeah, they play they play Rebels around the house. What what's the uh, uh, you got, they do they do and they use the code names too so
1: oh cute <laughs> <laughs> the specter very specter, observant
0: right.
1: <laughs> Aww.
0: i was wondering if you could give us a little bit of well you already kind of did uh, your art history uh sort of, <laughs> kind of where where you came from and uh sure and it sounds like you were someone who, who's always really been into into art and drawing
1: yeah, I mean, I can't remember a time that I didn't draw. Um and I would definitely attribute that to my parents, my mom in particular. Um she was a special ed teacher and so from a very young age, um I always had like crayons and just, you know, arts and crafts and um she always encouraged me to be creative. Um and so I mean, even from before I was like in school officially, I would draw. I loved doing crafts. I loved, you know, making little paintings. Um there's a picture of me um, that's like me with a little kid easel and like paint everywhere. And, you know, I mean, I just really loved being creative. And, um, when I went to school, I mean, my favorite classes were art classes. Um, I really enjoyed just, you know, being creative and, um, learning about different kinds of art. Um, I was never like the star art student, you know, I wasn't like There there was definitely, like, a little girl that everyone was like, oh, she's the best artist. She's going to be an artist. And, of course, she, like, never became an artist or anything, (laughs) how it goes. Um, But I never really let that deter me. Like, I just enjoyed art and expressing myself. And, um, when I went to high school, um, I took as many, um, extra art classes as I could. There were, you know, you have your main core classes and maybe you get a little extra. So I take, you know, watercolor, I take oil painting and I had a really great teacher that I absolutely adored. Um, she was this little old nun and she was the best. Her name was sister Lois. And, um, she really encouraged me. And, um, when I was deciding what I wanted to do, um, for college, I talked to her and I talked to my mom and they were like, you know, you'd really like graphic design. You like putting things together and you like drawing, but you also like organizing and you should look into that. And, um, that's kind of what I ended up doing was I went to school for graphic design and I actually stayed uh, extra to go on for illustration as well. Um, and yeah, there you go. That's my education. <laughs> wow,
0: It sounds like, like you, uh, worked really hard at it and, mm-hmm. and, uh, didn't, yeah. didn't uh, let let imperfections deter you, and
1: sure, yeah. and I mean, like it was interesting because when I was um, like my art teacher in grammar school was very much like, "There's no mistakes, everything's just happy," and. Um, when I went to high school, this uh, my art teacher was very much like, this is wrong. You need to fix it. <laughs> and she was really, really tough. But I think that her tough love was really important because it made me self-critical. And it was from a loving place. It was never like a mean place. Um, and I think that was important for me as a designer and also an artist to learn that, yes, there there are no wrong mistakes. But it's also important to look at your art and be critical and find ways that you can improve.
0: Awesome. Yeah. There, that, there's that quote from Sabine, uh, from the book that is, uh, that I really liked. It says, I hate mm-hmm. seeing my vision go incomplete. I just keep telling mm-hmm. myself it doesn't have to be a masterpiece to be beautiful.
1: Right. Yeah.
0: Yeah. <laughs> is, I that, with, identify with her. Yeah. 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 That's, <laughs> that's great. That's great. I was going to ask too, is it like, as far as the art style goes, uh, mm-hmm. are is your is your style that you usually work in similar to Sabine's style or the style that you gave Sabine
1: it is, um and I think that's part of the reason why I was brought on board for the project. Um I had worked uh for about maybe like two years um doing freelance for Lucasfilm um and I worked with Troy Alders who um I did a lot of like design for merchandising. So he was familiar with um my drawing style, my design style, and Studio Fun had actually pitched this book to Lucasfilm and um I believe Troy knew about it and basically said we have an artist that we think would be perfect for this book, um, just based on some of the things that I had done for them. So he had me put together a pitch deck of all the art that I had done for him, plus my own personal work. Um, and then he took that to studio fun and, um, I guess, however, whatever magic decision happened, they decided to go with me for it. So, um, that was really cool and really great.
0: That's so awesome. Uh, so as far as types of art goes and go in the <laughs> book, um, there's there's quite a bit of what I would call I guess uh, well not yeah you know, there's there's quite a bit of a um, graffiti or I'm not sure I was, I was kind of wondering like how to talk about it and I was wondering yeah. if you could tell us uh, if there's like a difference or what you feel is like uh, as far as like graffiti or street art or tagging or like uh, right what do those words mean <laughs> to you and and how how do you talk about uh, that
1: I yeah guess. well I mean. So here's the thing, kids. You should never go out into the world and draw on a building. You might go to New York City and you'll see graffiti all over the place and it's really cool and beautiful, but it's also against the law. I know. Um, but there's lots of people who are street artists who enjoy that style of art but find ways to do it legally for instance um you know a building may come to them and say hey we have a spot for a mural we would like a street artist mural here so to me someone who is more of a street artist is someone and this is just my personal opinion but it's like someone who um you know is within the law that loves the style of art loves the style of expression but finds um you know okay uses of expressing themselves, you know, like, you know, putting a mural where people have asked to do it or, you know what I mean? Like that kind of a thing. Um, someone who might consider themselves more of a tagger or a graffiti artist is someone that's maybe a little outside the law. Um, Tagging is usually um, your initials or your call phrase or your your secret name that you um, mark on a building to kind of possess it. And, I mean, in real life that's not a good idea, but in the world of Star Wars and with Sabine, um, she's in this world where there's this evil empire that's kind of, you know, oppressing everyone. And so her way of expressing herself slash reminding people to give them hope is to tag with the rebel insignia saying the rebels are here we're not going anywhere um we're not going to take this tyranny so um you know we don't live under an oppressive empire but um sabine does and that's sort of like part of her way of expressing herself and um giving other people hope
0: yeah that's great and (laughs) and just so you know i've already given my kids permission to 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 tag and and uh illegally do graffiti as long as they live under an oppressive empire
2: Right.
0: (laughs) (laughs) sure it's okay to do it's a valid way of expressing yourself as long as you're you know it's a political statement that you feel like that's if that's the only way to get the word out about something you know but yeah i I, we don't live in that type of uh government we live in a democracy (laughs)
1: it's true well i mean as long as you you would ask for permission before you know doing something like that i think you'd be fine you know yeah but yeah i mean as far as like creating this kind of art um there really isn't any way to fake it like to me personally um you can't really photoshop a good stencil so when i was doing like the stencils and doing drawings i would actually make them for real and go out and spray paint um i would actually spray paint on like illustration board or um you know my own sort of uh boards that, that I would come in and scan back into my computer. Um, which was great because I live in this building with a lot of little old ladies and I was outside in the courtyard, you know, spray painting and suddenly everyone had to go out and walk their dog and see what was going on. If there was like, you know, it's a hoodlum like spray painting around, but you know, I really wasn't, I was, you know, following the rules and stuff, but (laughs) you know, it was quite, it was quite the talk for a day.
0: (laughs) That's cool. That's yeah. I love that. Just the idea that you actually went outside and and did it yeah. yourself, and it kind of makes me want to try that out this summer, guys what do you think she
2: what?
0: <laughs> she, she went outside and she was spraying on on a board not on a building but yeah. on a board to do the actual well, graffiti.
1: And how I make stencils, um, usually if you're like a street artist or or whatnot, um, you know, there's all different ways you can make stencils, super portable, super light, super like, you know, um, all that kind of stuff. But for my purposes, I actually take acetate, which is like a thin, clear sheet of paper. And um, whatever I'm going to draw, I draw on a regular piece of paper. And then I put the um, acetate over top of it and I cut out. The pattern with an exacto knife or scissors, um, and then I have this this clear piece of very kind of resilient paper, and so I can reuse that stencil. Um, yeah. And so for me, um, many of the stencils I actually did on either illustration board, Bristol board, or watercolor paper. Um, I felt that like the sort of rough watercolor paper um, definitely absorbed the ink kind of interestingly, um, and if you want a really precision edge I would actually temporarily uh use a little bit of a like a crappy glue stick and glue that down but parts that I wanted to fade I wouldn't put any glue at all and I'd let the um force of the spray can actually bleed a little outwards and that's how if you get buildup, if you quick um take your piece of paper and put it vertically you can get some of those nice little drips Hmm. so there you go
0: (laughs) Great, thank you. Yeah, thank and you me. know what, Thanks if you tits. don't
1: if you don't want to use spray paint, you can always use sponge paint. Um, use a little sponge brush you can get from like Michaels or Joanne's. That gives you a really nice texture without having to inhale any kind of fumes.
0: Oh yeah, I'm sure. Yeah, we would we would wear masks if we did the spray paint. <laughs>
1: of course, yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: There was one time I made a big spaceship out of a refrigerator yeah. box <laughs> for my oh, cousin, fun. and uh, yeah, I definitely had to wear a mask when I was spray painting. <laughs> oh,
2: that's awesome! Yeah. You did?
0: Oh, I did. You don't remember?
2: Remember the spaceship? What spaceship?
0: Never mind. <laughs> the
2: stick when the... we
0: made the we made a movie, uh, oh, Noah, my cousin was the star, and he went into outer oh, space. Oh, so we made yeah. a big yeah. Now you remember, Liam.
2: That sounds fun. <laughs> uh,
0: it was fun. Yeah, it, was... it was pretty fun. I still have I love, to finish editing that. <laughs>
1: oh, that was so cool. I love those. Um, we used to get them all the time when I was a little kid because we lived in a student area. So there's constantly people getting new washers and dryers. So there was hmm. like no shortage of awesome like refrigerator and like washing machine cardboard boxes. And we'd like, mm-hmm. you know, we'd make echo base and we'd make like a hole <laughs> we have like three or four of them in our little backyard. It was great. <laughs>
0: that's great. Um, so I noticed that some of the sketches in the, in the book, uh, Mm -hmm. the sketches of the characters have the, uh, sort of the, the, the contour lines on the faces that reminded me of like those, how to. Those how to draw books that I yeah. would always frustratedly throw away <laughs> when I was a kid. Um, I was wondering if, I mean, when you sketch, so that's actually is that is that do you actually start yeah. with those basic shapes, or is that something that you imagine that Sabine does, or did you actually? No,
1: I actually do. Yeah. Um, that's that's definitely part of my process, um, yeah. particularly when I'm doing um, any kind of figurative drawing. Even if I'm doing um, landscapes, um, the basis of anything that I draw is. I like to look at, or imagine, if I don't have an exact reference, um, sort of where my subject is going to be in the composition. Mm -hmm. And I get sort of a rough little circle, kind of, to me, that's telling me my guidelines. I can't go beyond this box. And -hmm. then as far as, like, drawing people, I do that. I actually um, rough in the shapes first, um, even doing the crosshair for the face, um, and then kind of fill in from there. Um, To me, I think when you're drawing a figure um, as loose and as gesture-like as you can get, the better because when you start to be super stiff you're you kind of feel like oh if i make a mistake i can't start all over again but if you're keeping yourself loose if you're kind of blocking in the shapes bit by bit if your one shape's a little off erase it you know move it around a little bit uh, i feel like it's very helpful for me at least
0: Hmm. great yeah that's that's good i always had I had problems because i would always try to start with the outline of a face of a yeah, and then go remember, from there so
1: <laughs> i i used to read those books when i was like really young and they always felt very stiff it was like draw across your eyes can only be this far apart and he like, yeah. was very very clinical but um i think the basis of what those books are trying to tell you is good but i think you have to kind of find your own way that your hand flows sure. um because if you if you box yourself into a corner, you get really frustrated quickly, and then you know it's not fun.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, here's here's a question that's difficult uh, to answer for you. I bet. Uh, <laughs> is there is there any piece in the book that that you feel stands out, or that I don't know if I'd say it's your favorite because that's kind of hard to say. Yeah. But is there anything <laughs> that that really? I mean, I think that we all have uh, when we went through it. We all had some definitely, but I'm just kind of yeah. curious whether or not oh, there's yeah. anything for you.
1: Um. Sheesh. Well, there, there's a lot that were really fun to do for different reasons. Um, one of the highlights was getting to do sketches for um, the Starbird logo, which goes on to become the inspiration for the actual Rebel insignia. So to me, like as a designer, like that was the dream job. Like that was the coolest thing ever. And I had to kind of come up with what I thought a star bird would look like, or, you know, what kind of bird maybe Sabine would be inspired by. So that to me was really fun. Um, I also really enjoyed, um, drawing the different uh alternative hairstyles that sabine had because they were all different colors and you know that was super fun i think i did like 20 or like 25 different versions and they picked like the five best and put them in the book so that was fun oh um, wow
0: i'd love to see the road <laughs> <best>. <laughs> you,
1: you'd have to you have to ask a studio fun yeah
2: I'm
0: but sure. um
1: but yeah no like that was really fun um i'm trying to think of what else um, a little known fact: I also drew the cubist painting, although that was Annie Stoll, the artist, not Sabine. <laughs> oh.
0: Uh, oh. really? There's, oh, yeah. I see, I see. That's not a Sabine art, but that's you.
1: Yeah. Yeah,
0: that's that's one of my favorites in the book.
1: Yeah, right? I even signed I it, that. so maybe I'm technically oh, the star.
0: <laughs> yeah oh you're canonized you're i signed you're myself
1: yeah, i signed my name in mandalorian <laughs> see if you can oh, find it
0: i cannot find it i'm looking at it right now that's amazing yeah. though what is that's it? that is so that's uh, oh, that's awesome i'm me? so jealous What's you're that? part of you're part of in universe canon her name is there in man I think in mandalorian I, I, think I
2: see it right there
0: mandoa i believe right yep. oh anna thinks she sees it so hmm it
2: says it
1: says a it was like ani like a and i
0: That is so oh i think i see the i is it up top
1: Oh, uh, no it's right in the bottom yeah. right corner
0: bottom right that's oh there it is yep that's <laughs> so great that's so great, great.
1: yeah that's, um that's <laughs> the story the story of that is um they had um a placeholder because usually when you get a book like there'll be a script and um they sent me a couple versions of the book when they were still kind of putting together the different parts and everything and um that was a placeholder and it just said um Art from an art gallery, and I said, "Oh well, do you mind if I, you know, do a sketch for it, or do do you need um, a Cubist painting for this?" And they're like, "Sure, if you want to, you know, draw it real quick, you know, that's fine." So, um, I actually went and I researched um, a lot of the um, paintings I've seen in Clone Wars because there's a couple of um, where there's the episode with Duchess Satine where. There's a painting behind her, and like there's a lot of his- like art history to um, Mandalore, so yeah. I kind of used that as inspiration. And they, the artists themselves, have used um, Pablo Picasso, like the painting called La Guerra, mm. as their inspiration, so it's kind of a mashup of all that stuff. So, and it was cool because they let me keep it in the book, so
0: yeah, yeah. I think there's that one mural too in the background when when Maul and Savage oppressor. Yes. Fighting. Spoiler mm-hmm. alert. Palpatine. <laughs> the kids haven't <laughs> seen the kids haven't seen that one yet. We're working okay. our way through. I've seen all the Clone Wars, but they haven't seen all gotcha. of it yet. they're yet. Look, they're looking at each other now, like what?
2: No, no, anyway, there. there's
0: that. There. I think <laughs> is the the mural in the background there is is based yeah. on a Picasso. Also, is that uh, mm-hmm. Guernica? Or am I pronouncing? Yeah. That right? Yeah. No,
2: yeah. that's it. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Okay. So that that reminded me of that as well. That's so that's so great. Yeah. I love that piece. Huh? So, <laughs> you'll
2: get there, you'll so, why get there. would a bad guy be fighting oh. another bad guy? Well, you'll brothers. see. You'll they're see. brothers.
0: Oh no, Maul and a press aren't fighting. Oh, they're fighting against. Yeah, it's a pretty. They team pretty
1: up. You'll see. Fight. You'll see. You'll
0: see it. You'll see it. <laughs> so, uh, Liam, one of Liam's favorite, was also the starboard. Uh, oh,
1: cool. Yeah, the,
0: and, and not not the logo, but I think it's the. And it's the one that appears on one of the blank pages, which I think it also <laughs> appears in the book maybe once or twice, Yeah, uh, where where the birds actually fly. And then you can totally see that that crescent shape that the wings make and the heads in the middle. And...
2: Right. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, was... the starboard.
0: yeah, he thinks it's beautiful.
1: Oh, thanks. Well, <laughs> I mean, to me, I feel like the starboard inspires to me because it's sort of a... a a good symbol of like freedom and kind of beauty. And to me in our own world, I feel like a Phoenix is a good representation of that. Like there is no actual Phoenix in our world, but it's sort of this mythical, um, you know, bird that we've made up in our, in our legends and fairy tales. And I feel like, you know, whether or not this starboard is a real bird doesn't matter. But the idea is that there's this beautiful sort of analogy where it arises from the ashes and, um, that's very poignant for the rebels, because, you know, they're fighting this really evil empire, and they don't know if they're going to win. I mean, we know they will, because they're good guys, but um, they need a symbol that gives them hope, and, you know, birds give us hope. You know, they have
2: flight, and they're
1: beautiful, and,
2: yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. Anna, you had something to say yeah, about the phoenix? Yeah,
2: there's, um, not about the phoenix, oh. but... Mm-hmm. There's like a peace bird that represents yes. peace in my school. Is that mm-hmm. you know what it
0: is? It's a dove.
2: Yeah, yep. a dove. A dove, a definitely. Turtle
0: a turtle and dove? Oh,
2: maybe.
1: It's true, and I definitely thought about doves as well because when you watch a dove in flight, their wings make a very beautiful sort of pattern um, to their, their flight, and their wings are very just beautiful and light, and that's definitely helpful. It uplifts people.
0: Awesome. Uh, I think Liam. What was your other favorite? What was the other favorite piece? Do you remember?
2: The, uh, st- the studio. Yeah um, yeah, um, Sabine's, um, um Sabine's, um, room and the, um, ghost. Oh yeah.
1: <laughs> um. Yeah. Those are super fun. Like she has all kinds of, like little doodles that she likes to do and um, I think it's nice that Hera lets her express herself by drawing on the go. She doesn't have to do that
2: but um, it's very sweet of her. <laughs> I saw Embo on the wall.
0: <laughs> I actually
2: oh, yeah. have a question about that. Maybe sure. I could just do it now. Yeah,
0: Anna can ask a um, question about that. Yeah.
2: Do you know why Sabine painted Embo and Cad Bane on the wall? I think personally that
1: and this is my opinion. Um, it may come out in the show, at which point I can't really comment on. But um, for now, if I had to, as Annie, uh, take a guess, I would say that there's stories that she's heard of and, you know, Characters that she likes drawing. Um, I don't know if you have like maybe favorite characters, or if you like, you know, drawing like a cat or like some story that someone's told you, and you know, you feel like, oh, I'm gonna draw that. Like, what a cool story that was. You know, here's my opinion of what it might have looked like. And so to me, I think that's what those are sort of like her characters or things that she was just interested in. Although, you know, you never know what will happen. There's a couple more seasons left to have everything be revealed.
0: Yeah, I like Mm -hmm. to think that she met them.
1: (laughs) I mean, I have no... I I love your idea. (laughs) I can honestly say that I have no knowledge of that. Um,
0: In my head, they helped her escape the Imperial Academy.
1: (laughs) I mean, that would be really cool, and it, it could definitely be why she... Holds them in a higher regard because definitely her doodles are not like mean doodles. Like oh, I don't like these guys. It's more like oh, these guys were cool. Like, you know. But you know, it's it's like you know sometimes kids have like heroes. Like oh, I really like this crazy pirate or you know this cowboy cowgirl and you know, well, it might and, be something like that. Yeah. I don't know.
0: And how many kids walk around with Darth Vader on their shirts? I mean,
2: exactly. <laughs> oh, yeah, guys, we forgot to tell you. Oh. Um, at oh. the playground, the someone yeah. was wearing yeah. the free hug shirt. Yeah, the I got oh. Darth Vader for Hug shirt. Oh, it's cute. I just, I just got that
0: shirt myself, so uh, to tell me that, yeah, yeah, I like that one. Aww. I don't know if I would want Darth Vader hugging me. That's all right. Um, for me, my mm-hmm. my favorite is definitely what I like to call the Lennon Trooper. Oh. And I don't know. Do you know what I'm talking about? The, the yeah. I, he okay? Did you, were you intentionally going for John Lennon? when when you put those starboards on the troopers eyes because it i've been looking at pictures of john lennon showing the kids online yeah like the the ratio and proportions are almost exact was that intentional Um,
1: no it wasn't intentional but that's great maybe subconsciously (laughs)
2: um
1: no it's awesome Uh, i I definitely did like you know silly like glasses and um you know mustaches and things like that so if you get that out of there that's amazing i find that (laughs) that, that's great
0: (laughs) I really thought the anime style profile of Sabine with Chopper too on that Who is Fulcrum page mm-hmm. was was awesome. I loved that so much with her with her yeah. lip kind of sticking out because she's all. you know,
1: <laughs> Yeah, tough. I mean, it's so great. I feel like, and I mean, my my style personally is very like influenced by anime and whatnot. But um, I think personally that the crew of the Rebels is very diverse and. I felt, and, like, I don't know if it's ever been, like, confirmed, but, like, I feel like Sabine is, like, Asian to me. And so I feel like her style would definitely be influenced by that. Whether or not this is in the Star Wars universe or not, it's just something that me, Annie Soul, um, feels a little strongly about, so. <laughs> sure.
0: Well, and it makes sense, too. I think that there are, you know, different Star Wars characters who, obviously, they have a certain accent or, you know, they are... They are <laughs> kind of the Star Wars version of Asian or of Latino, you know? exactly. Right, so I think exactly. that it makes sense that, that uh, you know, you could imagine that whatever culture they come from has a, have a similar art style as well.
1: Right, right. Yeah. And, I mean, she's like a 16-year-old girl. She's really into art and color. And, I mean, a lot of 16-year-old girls nowadays also really like sort of anime influence things. And so I mm-hmm. think that makes her, you know, relevant and relatable and just a fun character.
0: Yeah, definitely. Anna, you wanted to say what your favorites uh, favorites were from the book.
2: Mm-hmm. What are they? Um, the Sabine illustration on the "I Love Music" page and the page of inspirational quotes.
0: Oh, the inspirational quotes.
2: Oh, cool. Yeah. Yeah, that was really fun. Um, so that
1: page, the inspirational quotes page, um, originally uh, it was type. It was all typeset. Um, the graphic designer who worked on the book had kind of just put a whole bunch of quotes that the author had written. And um, I looked at it and I was like, oh, you know, like if Sabine was really doing this in her journal, I mean, she would be handwriting this. This wouldn't be like, you know, typed up. So, you know, again, I was like, hey, I'm, do you mind if I just send you some, you know, examples of these? And if you want to use them, go for it. You know, totally up to you. So I actually took a whole bunch of the quotes and um you know redrew them made them super colorful and um there's a couple um of things that like whenever i draw i always doodle in the margins and i would just you know write little off the cuff things that to me sabine would say just because you know for me it's just getting that expression out there and um they actually put them into the book which was crazy i didn't think they'd do that you know that was just me kind of doodling and doing my thing Um, but a good example of that is um Originally, there was a phrase along the lines of, um, you know, Imperial imperial Grey is boring use color. It was, it was something along the lines of that. And, um, I was thinking, well, you know, like no color is ugly. You know, some people like gray. That's totally okay. And I don't think Sabine would, um, tell people, oh, you can't use that color. But what she was trying to say is that, you know, the Imperials only use gray. They don't let any of the other colors have a turn. They're just, you know, they're mean. So, um, I rewrote it as no colors are ugly. Why be boring? Say no to Imperial gray. And that is one of the quotes that is in that page, which
0: to me was really cool so that's so cool that's so awesome uh I was wondering too uh so back to that that quote that I had had Mm -hmm. about um about how it doesn't have to be a masterpiece to be beautiful and about sort of the I I mean I don't know I'm I'm a photographer and like there's never I've never taken a perfect photo uh or I've never taken a photo that I um consider perfect I should say (laughs) right 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 um So I was wondering whether, and and this is kind of a silly question, but Mm -hmm. is there anything in the book that you would have done differently? (laughs)
1: Um, I I don't know.
0: That seems like a horrible question to ask you. No, no,
1: no. It's actually, well, it's a good question because um, I think that if you're an artist of any kind, not just like a a drawer or anything, but um, if you ever feel completely satisfied with your work, you're probably doing something wrong like all of us artists like we're always trying to make ourselves better and it's kind of this unattainable goal and you have to get your piece to a point where you're okay mm-hmm. with it but it might not be perfect to you but maybe to someone else it is um yeah. and i think that if you ever reach a point as an artist where you're like oh i'm the best i'm perfect well then you've plateaued you know what i mean you can't keep on improving you've lost you've lost kind of what it means to be an artist. So, I mean, that said, there's like a gazillion things that I look back and I'm like, Oh, I could totally do that better. I could do more of these or, you know, things like that. Um, I probably would have drawn even more, um, little TVs for them. <laughs> and, um, you know, there's a couple of, uh, helmets that I wish had gotten into the book that didn't, you know, mm. um, but overall I was really excited to be part of this and, yeah. um, you know, super grateful about it. So, <laughs> awesome.
0: awesome. Anna, you had a question?
2: I like the piece of Ezra falling on Zeb. Oh! (laughs) Were you surprised when it looked really different from that in the show? Yeah, I
1: was. So um, I was given this to work on over the summer. So the show hadn't come out yet. And I hadn't seen the show. Um, They gave me a special thing called a style guide, which showed me all the ways the characters were going to look with a little bit of information about the stories. And I didn't know like anything important, like, you know, who is Fulcrum or like anything like that. But um, I didn't know what it was going to look like outside of what had we as, as fans had already seen. So, um, I got this note that was like, please draw Ezra falling off of a bed on top of Zeb because chopper pulled out the screws. And I was like, Oh gosh, like what's happening in this episode? <laughs> like, you know, like how do I draw this? So I submitted a couple of ideas and, um, they chose the one that they thought was closest to what they wanted. Um, I had to do a sketch of it and the colored version of it, and then when I saw the show, I was like, "Oh my gosh!" They went for like super cute. Like they could have told me I would have done that. But, yeah,
0: I was gonna say that seems like something you totally could have done. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah, it was completely different. And um, it well, the in the in canon version would just be that this is her sketchbook, so uh-huh. this would be the sketch before she draws that, and you know she can totally change her mind. And yep. you know this was kind of just the quick like, "Oh, I had this idea," and you know. So, I mean, it works even though they're not the exact same drawing. Um, That said, um, I mean, Sabine kind of just does her thing. So, like, you can't be, you know, too, too, too caught up with it. Although, you know, I thought it was really fun. And then from, like, a a logistical standpoint, for all I know, maybe that part of the show wasn't ready yet when I was working on this. You know what I mean? Um, So maybe that was, like, a last edition of the show. I don't know. But, um it's certainly probable I can tell you that the story the story group looked at this book, so um if they didn't have a problem with it i don't have a problem with it
0: <laughs> right right, so you knew what to draw because you were basically given kind of uh specs like um you know we'd like we'd like this style of drawing or a drawing of this person or some mm-hmm. sketches of these people um, yeah. who who did you did you work with the story group on that or was it more of with like the um the studio fun the the team that like the yes. credits in the back of the book and then and then it was all kind of run by the story group after the fact
1: mm-hmm. um, yeah i Um, pretty much solely worked with Andrew who was the art director on the book Um, and then his job was to work with um, Dan and work then with the story group Um, and they did the back and forth and if there was any adjustments Andrew would tell me you know can we you know change this can you add this Um, etc etc so um, I didn't personally work with the story group although I am aware of um, through my talks with Andrew that, you know, they did check it out and um, that Dan himself also would, you know, make the changes that he needed to make. And um, yeah. So, but they're, they're really cool because um, there were certain things that they kept in and, um, you know, were great about. So um, it's kind of, you know, as a fan, you're like, Oh, who is the story group? You know, these like <laughs> these dudes that shake in this room, like, you know, figuring out the whole universe. But um, as far as like, you know, working with them professionally by proxy. I mean, they're great and they're a lot more flexible and reasonable than I think than people give them credit for. <laughs>
0: yeah. Yeah. And related to that, I'm wondering if it, has it sunk in yet that you have contributed to star Wars Canon, that you are a, a Canon creator? <laughs> uh,
1: it's pretty crazy. <laughs> it's pretty <laughs> crazy. Um, I don't know if it's completely sunk in. I mean, I've had a couple people, um, I was recently on a podcast that were like, do you realize that you drew the first in Canon Boffin?" And I was like, Oh man. like that's pretty crazy um this little book honestly has a lot of just little bits of canon here and there that um you might not expect to find um in such a book i mean that's that's great i think that's cool and i'm super grateful and i think it's a testament to lucasfilm and the story group as a whole that they're in disney as well that they're good with um you know working with artists like this they're not you know, some people in a room dictating what can and cannot be like, they let things happen organically. And I mean, to me that just makes this universe that much more interesting and great and evolving. And I can't think of any other IP that is as cool as that. So,
0: yeah, it's funny. Cause when, when Liam looks at books, um, if, if I ever check out like, uh, Lego books, which are, you know, mm-hmm. geared toward you know kids his age. And I think this one is right. too, but, um, a lot of times no, he'll, look through, he'll, he'll be paging through it and he'll say, that's so not canon.
2: <laughs> so, no, it's true,
0: but this one is Canon, which is just so great. I love it. I love it so much that we can look through this and just know that it's all
1: yeah.
0: it's all in there um,
1: yeah, and I mean, I think that it's great that. They're taking the care, you know, even in a book that is specifically aimed at, you know, um, children like ages five to eight ish or, you know what I mean? Like that they still take the care with that because, I mean, there's lots of other companies that just say, oh, do a kid's version. We're not going to really care about it. But, you know, like kids are our future and they deserve to have awesome books. So um, to me, it's great that that even something that's, you know, not necessarily adult oriented they take the time and the care to make it great for everyone. And you can sit down with your kids and you can read this and you as an adult can get stuff out of this book.
0: Definitely. Um, the uh, The female iconography of Star Wars has oftentimes <laughs> been sort of unfortunate or at least it 's conformed to traditional gender roles and uh, you know, like so much is always made of and I love them, but um of like padme 's many outfits and yep. uh, granted they 're beautiful but
2: mm-hmm.
0: yeah. and uh, and of course <laughs> of course leia 's oppressive slave bikini yep. uh, how does it how does it feel to have a part in creating and expanding on a new and different and positive way of looking? at female main characters in Star Wars canon.
1: Yeah, I really can't tell you how much I absolutely love Sabine and um, you know, Dave Filoni and all the crew for doing that because um as someone that grew up with Star Wars, Princess Leia was never my favorite character. Um, you know, like yeah. the whole like when I was a little kid and like the whole slave thing happened to her, like that really upset me on so many levels that I couldn't even as a little kid express why, you know what I mean? Then mm-hmm. when you get older, like people make a big deal like, "Oh, it's, you know, it's lovely and whatever." But like mm-hmm that's not empowering and as a little girl like i never really loved that you know my favorite Leia outfit was like when she was on hoth you know what i mean mm-hmm, and she had this yep. awesome like snow suit and that was cool because i came from buffalo new york and you know as a little kid with like hair to my butt put my hair up in you know pigtails and you know go in the snow and like to me like that was the kind of stuff i related to um and you know historically like it's always been a lot of, like, boys stuff, and it's really great in Rebels because there's this great balance between, you know, girls and boys, and it's not so much about the genders, and, like, you can just have fun with it. And Sabine as a character, um, Hera as well, are just such strong female characters, and they don't have to dress sexy, they don't have to, you know, be impressive, they can just be themselves, and, you know, their costumes and their attitudes are just so progressive and amazing that, like, they're, like, my favorite Star Wars characters, they really are um you know and i just absolutely love how um how much that they have a say as well you know there's no like you know us versus them or girls versus boys it's like you know everyone in rebels is is friends is sort of like a family and yeah they have their squabbles but sort of at the end of the day they know they're together as a team and to me that's great because historically a lot of the relationships in star wars have been you know less than perfect and it's fun to watch but i think in rebels it's it's a really good example, not just for kids, but for all of us, that, you know, you can be a cohesive unit and, you know, just be ourselves and fight the evil.
0: Right. No, totally. And even kind of coming off that, I wonder, mm-hmm. uh, we're, we're recording this on, on Sunday. Have you, by any chance, been following the uh, This Is Madness uh, character tournament?
2: I have, yeah. Oh,
0: yeah. Have you seen <laughs> that Ahsoka Sabine and Ventress are all in the lead? In I'm excited. <laughs> I want to see some hera
1: in there. But yeah. I
0: know. It's it's I'm pretty excited. exciting. It's an exciting I want time. To
1: Sabine. <laughs> yes, yes. So I think I think what's great about Sabine specifically too is that, um, okay, like usually you have a teenage girl character and either, you know, like she has so much drama or she just wants a boyfriend or whatever, but like you've got Sabine who's clearly had this crazy history and, you know, she's in this fight and it's not about her personal drama it's not about you know whatever it's about her as a fully developed character that loves art um and that is you know in this situation with these crewmates that are becoming her family and i think that's just so fascinating such a great dynamic Mm -hmm. and there aren't a lot of female characters that age out there like that you know and i think it's amazing and great i just really want to keep watching her story and see how she evolves
0: totally i I, I hope on a, just a little side note, hopefully the marketers and the toy makers uh, catch yeah, up
1: yeah, yeah. to really the content so creators too. soon. <laughs> and that's, that's actually kind of an unfortunate thing. Um, I went to the Disney store in times square when I heard that they got rebels merchandise and, and I was so excited because I want like a Sabine art kit and, you know, like I want like a Sabine Hera like shirt and, you know, all this, you know, I want the Legos and it was kind of a bummer because they had an Ezra art kit, but the inquisitor was on the front and I was like, are you serious? Fun. Um, that um
0: but you know, makes sense
1: I think that Clone Wars didn't get crazy heavy um merchandise until the second season, if I'm not mistaken, mm. so I'm really hopeful to see what will happen this year um I really, really do hope that um they do more merchandise that is aimed at little girls, like you know like her universe is great, but the majority of it is like you know older girls like t shirt and merchandising, but um yeah. It would be great if there were, you know, like dolls that girls could play with that are Sabine and Hera. Um you know, I used to play with my little brother and we'd play with Star Wars figures and my, you know, little ponies and She Ras and stuff like that. You know what I mean? <laughs> like so we would we would mix. It was never like, okay, we can only play with Star Wars figures, we can only play with Transformers, we can only play with Legos. Like, you know, it kind of mixed together. Um so Yeah,
0: yeah. I think you know, I think you, do you do that too, Liam? Does sometimes your Star Wars characters play with your uh your superhero characters, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. I mean, like, I remember, I remember like Batman and Catwoman would definitely fight the Wampa, like, <laughs> you know, like it's you know, it's kind of a mixed thing. So, um, I would really hope that you know, there's more to Disney Little Girls merchandising than just, um, you know, Frozen and, and whatnot, um, right. Because not all little girls want a blue sparkly shirt. Some little girls want to be a Jedi, some little girls wanna paint, you know. And, you know, vice versa with little boys too. Like, you know, some little boys wanna play with all the characters in their favorite um show, not just, you know, just one boy.
0: Oh totally. Yeah. I'm so. we're, getting, we're getting I've I've every time I'm at Target I look for Sabine and Hera and I'm just gonna have to buy them when I see them because yeah, yeah. they're so rare.
1: And see. I think I think the way to address that issue, too, is just for the fans to be vocal. Like,
2: yeah.
1: Because from my own experience, um, you know, just working with Lucasfilm and stuff, they do listen to fans. So if the fans got together and really said, hey, listen, we want this. Like, this is something really important to us, they're going to take notice. But if no one does anything, if no one says anything, then they're going to think everything is fine. Exactly. So, unfortunately, you know, like the squeaky wheel gets, you know... Oh. More-
0: Mm -hmm.
1: So Mm -hmm. I encourage everyone to just speak up and say how much they want to see more Hera and Sabine.
0: Yeah, I'm as squeaky as I can be on Twitter.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, same here.
0: (laughs) Anna, you had a question about uh, some art in the book? Mm
2: -hmm. Mm -hmm. Why do you put the X's on the eyes? (laughs) Oh, the stormtroopers? Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: So... They had given me those, the stormtroopers that were already drawn, um, and then they asked me to sort of deface them Sabine style. And to me, it's sort of like, I don't know if you ever see, like, a Bugs Bunny cartoon or something where, like, you know, they fall over the cliff and their eyes get a little X in them. So it's kind of like they're dead but not, like, really dead. It's just kind of like a way of saying, oh, no, like, <laughs> like <laughs> this is bad guy. So um, it's kind of like without being super crude, a way of defacing it and saying, you know, we don't want these guys around.
0: Yeah. That's great. Cool. Well, I was, I was wondering if there's anything, uh, any other projects that you might be working on that you could tell us about, um, maybe uh, star Wars or or otherwise.
1: Um, I worked on something over the summer, but I can't talk about it. Um, Mm -hmm. and then we'll see what happens on the horizon for this year. (laughs) It's like really vague and cryptic. I'm sorry.
0: (laughs) (laughs) No, that's okay. When, when I read the very, very last page of the, uh, of the sketchbook, when it says, uh, when I reach this point, I'll know it's time for me to start another sketchbook. Liam's first reply was, "Is there going to be another one?" Oh, I would love <laughs> that. Um,
1: I haven't been approached with anything, but okay. I mean, if they did, um, they've got my number. <laughs> yep, yep. I would love to. And you know, I was curious because um, Sabine mentions that I think this is her seventh sketchbook. So where's one yeah. through six? <laughs> exactly.
0: I see uh, some rules yeah. there.
1: Yeah. yeah, yeah. I think I think that would be great. Um, and. I like the idea that this sketchbook has pages at the end that you can draw in. Um, I think it would be really cool if maybe they made um, sketchbooks that were like Rebels themes that kids could draw in that, you know, maybe have a couple little doodles here and there but are completely blank so you can make up your own Rebel adventure.
0: Awesome. Awesome. Thanks. Also, so cool.
1: Rebels Mad Libs would be great. <laughs> oh,
0: yeah,
1: yeah. Right?
0: That'd be fun. Yeah, we haven't really got into Mad Libs, and Anna loves reading so much. I can't believe we have oh, go. got a Mad Libs book.
1: <laughs> What's a Mad Libs? Gotta...
0: Nah, I'll explain it later.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm trying to remember how old I was when I did Mad Libs. It might be more like eight or nine,
0: but... Yeah,
1: um... yeah. So it's good vocabulary building.
0: Yeah, yeah, definitely. <laughs> so, okay, so that... I'm sorry, that was Star Wars. Anything else you're working on that that uh, that we should know about?
1: Um... Well, uh, I'm currently working on organizing um, a comics anthology called A Thousand and One Nights, and um, it's basically like a people-positive anthology dedicated to strong characters, and that'll be out later in this year. Uh, what else am I doing? My day job is I'm an art director at Sony Music, um, oh, cool. so I've worked on a couple of really cool projects coming out this year um, for Machine Heart and Pentatonix for,
0: awesome.
1: for the high school kids. <laughs>
0: <Yeah>. <laughs> um, yeah, that just went right over my head. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's totally
1: cool. Um, I'm so and, out of
0: touch. <laughs> no,
1: it's totally fine. Um and then my um my hobby is I do um a web comic mm-hmm. that is um kind of for older kids, but um it's called Ode, and it's about uh two lady knights in a world where magic is dying and how they're kind of transversing that world. Um and I always have a lot of different stuff going on, so um yeah. That's cool.
0: <laughs> So what else? What else are you into? You're obviously into Star Wars. Yeah. (laughs) Anything um, else? Anything else? Your fandoms that you're into. What
1: fandom don't I have? I really, um, I think you were mentioning before, but I actually really like Harry Potter and Cora. Oh yeah. Thank you, kids. Some of our favorites too. Oh, that's awesome! I have a Gryffindor scarf that I wear all the
0: time. Oh, nice.
1: No fair. (laughs) (laughs) It's
2: really, it's really warm. (laughs) (laughs) That's Uh,
0: great. That's great. We're oh, just uh, we're just working our way through the third yeah, season. Of yeah, Cara. I
2: think we only okay. have one or two episodes left. Oh we're man,
0: we watch them tonight, I think, and then yep. I think oh, the fourth wow. season's out already on, <gasps> on DVDs. So. It is, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's...
2: and then we're gonna get that one, maybe. Mm-hmm. But that'll be in a long time, but probably for my birthday.
0: Maybe you for your birthday this summer, yeah.
1: That's cool. Yeah, I love Cora. I love the animation, it's really great. Did you guys watch um Avatar, like The Last Airbender? Mm-hmm.
0: Yes, yes yep. we did. Guess,
2: guess and guess what? <laughs> I asked for for um a box of every single um every single Harry Potter movie. Oh no for Christmas and my uh-huh. grandpa gave me them. Oh, Merry Christmas. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> We're Aww. still we, we don't watch the movies until we read the book, so we're I, yeah, it's a good a, idea. We're currently on Order of the Phoenix. And...
2: I'm on I'm on Blood oh, Prince.
0: Oh, Anna's Anna's ahead of us because she. Oh,
1: okay, a... that's a good book too. <laughs> I mean, favorite, they're all good. I actually like the books more than I like the movies, but the movies are fun to watch after you've read the book.
0: Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Mostly
1: because like I read the book and I'm like, oh, the movie forgot to put this in. <laughs> uh,
0: yeah, yeah. Yeah, same <laughs> with me. There's yeah, there's a lot of stuff that they don't put in. Yeah.
1: Yeah, but. Yeah. But yeah, definitely those books are really great, so I'm glad you're enjoying reading them. Yeah. Hey, this is um, not
0: Star Wars. You mean this whole conversation? Yeah. Oh, that's okay. We, <laughs> can, be, we can be multifaceted. We don't have... <laughs> we do usually try to keep it to Star Wars, but it's okay. Yeah. To, you know?
1: Well, you know, I mean, Star Wars a influences a lot of stuff and a lot of people, and I mean, you know, the guys that make Avatar have seen Star Wars and liked it, too, sure. so...
0: Well, actually, Dave Filoni worked on Avatar. <laughs>
1: he did, which is yeah. great.
0: Um, and actually I was, I was wondering if you've ever thought about that one thing that I, I love to Mm -hmm. make connections. I'm always connecting things to Star Wars. Basically anything can be connected to Star Wars, but, uh, but I think that avatar, (laughs) like the avatar world, um, and also the Harry Potter world, it seems like they both kind of have elements similar to Star Wars in, I I like, uh, like an avatar, you know, there's certain people who can use this special power and others Mm -hmm. who can't, and and then in Harry Potter, it's the same thing. You know, certain people have magic, others don't, and I, I just I wonder if that is With going to give us Force a hint too. into and what like Korra the new movies. also, oh. benders and maybe the oh,
2: ben- non-benders, and
0: non-benders and like right, And, people, resentment toward people who can use those powers. I and I have a feeling yeah. that uh, that uh, the Force Awakens is going to uh, explore that. That, that could everything.
1: be really cool. I mean, I think what's interesting about the Star Wars universe is that you know if you follow. You know Jedi teachings. Thing is, the Force is everywhere, and at some base level, you know everyone can tap into the Force. You know it's not like, I mean, you know midi-chlorians and Star Wars Mm -hmm. truthers truthers aside. Like, you know there's this sort of force that connects everyone and everything and if you can tune into it you know you can be one with this whole kind of universe which is really cool and then in star wars there's a lot of themes of sort of like a mentor a mentee and you know when you come to a certain point what do you learn and go on your own you know and it can be for good or for evil there's the sith but there's also the jedis and you know when luke kind of is the only one left you know where does he go from there and i mean i would hope that the new movies touch a little bit on you know the expanded universe where luke does go on to be a teacher and but he kind of teaches in a new way you know Mm -hmm. so i think that's really great and that's really cool and like some of those themes
2: where you hmm? can um where you can um well, you can get in love with people, and you don't have to never get in love with people like the Jedi, anyway. <laughs> <That's>... <laughs> Well, yeah, no, it's true, though. Like, he changes those rules, and
1: that's interesting. He, in
0: the, um, yeah, in, in the Legends continuity or whatever, yeah, he does change those rules. Right, yeah, that and that's, I mean, nice.
1: that's a good parallel in um, in Avatar, too. Um, you guys have seen all the way up with Aang's story, right? Yeah. Okay. Well, I mean there's the whole thing where like, you know, Aang is supposed to let go and not have any attachment, but he cares about his friends and he cares yeah. about Katara and he uses that as his strength as opposed to like, you know, being completely closed off and yeah. you know, not thinking about that. And I mean that's definitely a really interesting, you know, um, moral and a good lesson for all of us. Well
0: and there's a there's a huge parallel there where he's all of his mentors are telling him Mm-hmm. To, that he has to kill the Fire Lord. And that's right. the same thing with Luke. I mean, Obi-Wan Who, by Yoda... the way,
1: is voiced by Mark Hamill.
0: <laughs> is he? Oh, last... I didn't know that.
1: And yeah, then... the Lord is oh, Mark Hamill.
0: <laughs> and, and so then, and then Luke gets the same advice from Yoda and Obi-Wan, right? Yeah, you have but to then, kill Vader. But so then, then what does he do? He doesn't.
2: Luke mm-hmm. doesn't want to. And, right. and then Vader, uh, Vader at the very last moment turns to the nice side, and Zuko turns mm-hmm. to the nice side, like in the middle. Oh, Spoiler Zuko does. alert. If you
1: watch out. <laughs> no, but it's true, it's true.
2: Yeah.
1: Um, which is cool because like you have these these heroes and these heroines that still want to see good in people. Because it's true, people aren't inherently 100% bad. Like they people do bad things, but you know, there's always good in them and if you can get people to remember the good, you can get them to stop being bad.
0: Right. Awesome. So- yeah,
1: <laughs> there and, you go. Uh, we just got super philosophical. <laughs> no,
0: that's great. Uh, this is this is uh, half of the conversations I have with my kids. So, <laughs> but, and, and it, yeah. it's good,
1: and it's good because Star Wars and you know Avatar and things like that are good teaching points that you can you know you can enjoy as a teenager or an older person. But it's also good to bring up these conversations that you want to have with your kids.
0: hmm Totally. So, uh, I was reading the, uh, the interview, uh, that the net did with you. And, mm-hmm. and there was that link at the beginning of the interview that, uh, <laughs> that, that showed, uh, there was a link to you cosplaying as, as Hera, which was yep. awesome. And I showed that to Liam and he had a question that he wanted sure. to ask about that.
2: <laughs> How did you make the head tails? Um,
1: So there is a wonderful lady named Pam who actually makes um, the Liku herself. So I commissioned her to make me a pair and then um, she sent them to me and then I painted them myself. They're really cool. They're they're a special mold that she makes, um, and they're made out of, like, this sort of, like, silicone-type um, material, and then the bottom are stuffed with, like, beanies, like, from your little bean bags, and then as it progresses up the lake, who, um she finishes it off with this sort of puffy foam. So when you move around, they move around very naturally, and you can, like, press them, and they feel kind of real. <laughs>
0: oh, that's so cool.
1: Yeah, they're great. And they've got, like, little grooves and imperfections in them, which is perfect because it looks like real
2: skin. That's awesome.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was really fun, and they're lightweight. They weren't they weren't super heavy, and didn't hurt my head at all.
0: Wow. We might have to look into that. Um, or, I
1: think she might make smaller sizes. I for think... Halloween, awesome. Tara
0: for Halloween. Wow. That yeah,
1: awesome. I think there's like two big girls that make um liku there's pam who makes ones that are a little bit more like the ones from the movie and then there's um tweed paradise that makes ones that are a little bit more how actually hairs really look which is a little more like puffed out and stuff it's yeah. kind of like what style did you want i wanted ones that looked a little more like realistic as opposed to ones that kind of puffed out that's just my personal preference but um both makers are really reputable and really awesome so
0: cool well Thank you so much. I was wondering if you could let us know if there's anywhere people can uh, follow your work or thoughts online. Sure.
1: Um, my Twitter is at I as in tree O-L-L. So you can follow my Twitter. And, you know, from there you can pretty much find all my other links. Um, my website's anniestoll.com, And,
0: yeah, there you go. Okay. So, finally, any advice uh, for kids who want to pursue a career in art?
1: Um, I think the most important thing to do is to always draw, like draw every day, Um, draw anything that you see and that you love and challenge yourself. And um, don't ever let anyone tell you that drawing or what you love is just a hobby. Um, Let it let it flow, like let your your interests influence the kind of art that you enjoy, because there's all different kinds of careers in art um, depending on what you want to do. So, um, very often when you're younger, a lot of people tell you, oh, well, you know, you're not creative, but that's not true. You are, and you just have to have confidence in yourself and keep practicing. And, you know, you'll find your way, um, you know, take as many art classes as you can when you're little and when you're older and, you know, ask lots of questions. The worst thing anyone is ever going to say to you is no. So, and you know, if they do, you'll find someone else to answer your question.
0: Awesome. Anna, did you have something? Um,
2: yeah. I know the kind of art like that I like. I like crafts <laughs> a lot. Oh, I great. really like drawing. I really like crafts. Sure. I started my calendar, but I didn't finish it. Now I have a new calendar. <laughs> well, that's cool. Yeah,
1: no, crafting is great. There's all kinds of things you can make, and you'd be surprised. Like, lots of people that I've known used to craft when they were little, and then they got older, and they actually started their own business where they, like, make their own special crafts or their own kinds of, um, like, items based on what they used to craft. So, I mean, if it's something that you like, you can definitely find a way to do it.
0: Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Annie, for coming on the show, and, and thank you for expanding the language of Star Wars <laughs> with your art.
1: Oh, thank you guys so much for having me.
0: So there we have it. Thanks again, Annie Stoll, for coming on to Children of the Force. Thank you for being so generous with your time. Uh, the kids and I loved having you on. It was a blast, and we would love to have you on again when, when the next thing comes out. Um, if anyone would like to follow Children of the Force, you can do so on Twitter at Force Children. We are Children of the Force on Facebook. You can email us at forcechildren at gmail.com. And you can go to our website, which is children of the force.com. There's still not a ton there, but I'm trying to find time to blog. This podcast is Fortunately, taking up most of my time. <laughs> I was going to say unfortunate, but it is not unfortunate. Uh, we love doing this podcast. The kids are really loving it. They're not here right now, otherwise I'm sure you'd hear them. Uh, but yeah, we're just loving it, and we hope that you like it too. Let us know if you do like it. Uh, give us a review on Stitcher or on iTunes, or just send us an email or comment on our Facebook. Any way you could let us know that you're listening um, let us know if there's anything you'd like us to do that we're not doing. Um, yeah, just anything, really. You know, we're open to... If you want to be on the show, let us know. If you'd like to be a, a guest. You don't have to be someone who's even been doing anything in Star Wars. Maybe you're just a fan and you want to be a guest. You want to talk with the kids. That's fine. We're open. We're a pretty casual podcast, if you can't tell already. So... Anyway, uh, I'm going to sign off with the standard, may the force be with you, and uh, have a good rest of your day, and we will see you next time. Or we'll hear you, or you will hear us. You'll hear us next time. Yeah, let's go with that. Alright, goodbye.